Hey, this is Bill O'Bruce Jr. from Take This Lollipop and A Million Horror Movies. Don't be scared. You're listening to Then Is Now podcast. Rise and shine, my sinners. When Father Evil starts his day, he gets a little deadly. Deadly Grounds Coffee has the richest, smoothest flavor you'll find anywhere. It's sinfully delicious. Once you go deadly, you never go back. Order yours at GetDeadly.com. Coffee's so good, it's scary. What kind of a sick school is this? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. You got spunk. I hate spunk. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Oh, righty then. How you doing? Back off, man. I'm a scientist. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Say hello to my little friend. I love to celebrate come in the morning. What are you people? On dope? Stop whining. I got a crap on deck that can choke a donkey. Hey! Who is your daddy? I'm sorry, but all questions must be submitted in writing. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Can I do that? I'll be back. A dynamite! Show me the money! Don't! Up your nose when you have a hole. A what? I'm sailing! I'm sailing! Groovy. You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it. Pull it down. Love means never having to say you're sorry. Here's looking at you, kid. We got no food, we got no jobs, our pets' heads are falling off! Come on to the coast, we get together, have a few laughs. Hear that, Elizabeth? I'm coming to join you, honey! I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. I love it when a plan comes together. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Put it up to 11. 11, exactly. One louder. Why don't you just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top number and make that a little louder? These go to 11. We're on a mission from God. Hello and welcome to another episode of Then Is Now Podcast, the show in which we talk about pop culture of the past and help you, the listener, introduce the young folk in your lives to all the cool stuff that they missed out on. I am your host, Rigor, and joining me today is my co-host, Chris Esper. How have you been, man? I've been great. How have you been? Good, good, good. We had fun. The, I think the last time we were able to record together was when we did that, um, the sort of the behind-the-scenes episode that was a tribute yes. to Jack Benny. Yep. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. That was super fun. <laughs> and of course, you made me the victim of all the traps. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm a little dizzy, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> Walk it off, dude. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And also joining us is, of course, Bill Van Rin, my co-host on Fright Lounge, the monthly horror live streaming video show that we do. Glad you could join us today, Bill. Hello, Roger. Hello, Chris. Hello. Bill Van Rin couldn't make it tonight, so I'm sitting in for him. It's Pete Burns of Dead or Alive. 
Pete, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm all the way from Liverpool and from beyond the grave. How about that? Excellent. 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 Well, you've, you've got to share your secrets of longevity or res uh, resurrection with us. I'm not telling anyone, <laughs> least of all you. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh. really Bill Van Ryn. Don't listen to Pete. <laughs> Bill, we were you on then as now before? Did did I have you on or is this your yeah. first time? Oh, okay. This is my second time on then is now, I believe. Oh, okay. Awesome. Awesome. That's I right. Must have not, I, I must have not been there for that. Yeah. Yeah, because we talked about uh, driving Asylum Magazine, right? Yeah. Was that then is now? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was one of the ones he probably couldn't make it, Chris. Yeah. So, oh, uh, before I, I wanted to mention too, uh, Bill, Bill, and we'll talk about it again on our next Fright Lounge episode. But it was so awesome to meet you in person finally when the wife and I went down to the April Ghouls Drive-In Monsterama this year. Oh, it's the the second time we actually got to hang out, but the only one that you remember, right? <laughs> <laughs> The first time yeah. I was so nervous and it was such a whirlwind. And then I ordered one of your magazines and you sent a note to it. It was so nice to meet you. And I felt bad. I'm like, oh, shit, who's this? <laughs> oh, well, I'm just teasing you about that because I know exactly how you feel. You get there and it's overwhelming. There are so many people. Um, I know I was introduced to people that weekend whose names I will regretfully not remember. So, you know, I, I totally get it. It's, it's a big it's a big event. There oh, are a yeah. lot of people there. Yeah. So, um, Chris, are you familiar with this, with the um, drive-in Monsterama? I'm not. No, tell me more. Bill, do you want to explain what it is? Well, it's an event that's been happening since 2008. It takes place in the Vandergrift, PA area. There's a drive-in there called the Riverside Drive-In. The promoter of the event, George Re George Rees, is from Long Island. Oh. So this was like it at the time. You, know, you see these events all the time now. But at the time, nobody was doing that, or, or maybe not nobody, but it just was not as common. And George managed to set up this agreement with the Riverside, and they were one of the only drive-ins, I think, that would actually agree to work with him. So um, now oh, it's wow. a successful event. It used to be just once a year in September. Now there are two events. Uh, there's one in April as well. Very exciting. And what's cool about it is um, it's a weekend event. So on a Friday night, they'll show four horror movies, and then they'll show four more on Saturday night. So oh, wow. It's so much fun. Of course, it's like <laughs> I have to drink like sugar-free monster drinks to stay awake. <laughs> You'll have to come to the event sometime, Chris. Oh, yeah. No, i love to come to that. It's super fun. It's a super fun. We were, like, exhausted, though. My wife has been wiped out since then. <laughs> She's still trying to recover, but she also has a demanding teaching job, so. Um, all right, folks. So, um, uh, uh, oh, wait, I wanted to ask you one last question, Bill. Um, what this time around, what was, um, what did you enjoy most about it? The well, April there Wars. were, there were two films this year that I had never seen before. And one of them was slumber party massacre part two, which really kind of blew my mind. I could not believe that this was slumber party. I mean, not that the original was, you know, it wasn't Halloween, but <laughs> Slumber Party Massacre 2 is just nutty in an Italian sort of way. There were just all these characters, and the, the villain of the film had somehow transformed into a, a demonic greaser type dude with an electric guitar that had a drill at the end of it. And that, that was, of course, the infamous murder weapon. But 
I really loved it. And seeing it at the drive-in was a, was a very unique experience. I'm not sure. I think that came out in 87, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it just went to direct to video. Um, if it did, there probably weren't that many drive-ins still around in the late eighties and they had started to wink out forever. So, yeah, I think the the low point was eighty five. Like the high point was fifty five, and the low point was nineteen eighty five. So, for the drive-in so, theaters, so it was great to see that on a drive-in screen. The other one I'd never seen was Silent Madness, and I'll tell you, uh, between the two of them, Silent Madness was the winner, hands down. It was the last film. You know, Roger, you mentioned that this is a weekend long event, and there are two nights in a row, four nights each movie. The first couple of times you do that, it's a very, very strange experience, isn't it? Yeah. It's like a time warp. Yeah. <laughs> I know, especially with all these older films, it's just, um, and, and being under the stars, watching them, it's just so cool. So there are so many movies and you just sit there all night doing socializing, or even if you're just sitting in your car and I don't watch four movies in a row in my normal life. So that's kind of a, a unique experience, too. Then you get to the fourth movie. Sometimes it doesn't start till three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my my age begins with a five now. So, you know, I'm not the kind of person that's like, oh, wow. And we get to start watching a movie at 3 a.m. <laughs> but the drive in is an exception. You just go there and you do your thing sometimes i leave early because i'm too tired for the fourth film i was not leaving for silent madness because i'd never seen it before and boy did it reward me for staying i was very excited about it vivica linfor is in that movie who was uh dotty aunt bedelia from creep show oh yeah <laughs> everything you wanted you wanted for me <laughs> that was her <laughs> and she was like you know the um crazy old lady slash villainous in silent madness yeah and it just really it, it, it was a brilliant experience i'm so glad i got to see it that way yeah yeah i didn't actually get um i had never seen silent madness before either and i was glad to see it although i did have to stand through the movie so i wouldn't fall asleep because i could feel it creeping up on me yeah You've been um, known to fall asleep early, Roger. Yes, I'm notorious for that. <laughs> but I, um, I did actually end up ordering the uh, the the Blu-ray, which uh, comes in both uh, 2D and 3D versions. So I'm looking forward to. Yeah, it's a bummer that. that we didn't get to watch it in 3D. Chris, that movie is in 3D. If if you didn't know that, and it was totally designed to have things thrust into the camera at you constantly yeah so. yeah i've heard yep <laughs> that's funny yeah if you get a chance to check it out it's on tubi nice it's, it's, i gotta check that out yeah it's really good i think it was well, uh, um far better than i anticipated well it's funny the way you're describing 3d it actually reminds me of the way i would describe jaws 3d which is ironically yes. on our which is ironically on our list here but uh in any event i remember first seeing that movie it was on cable tv and and knowing it was supposed to be 3D, I'm like, wow, these 3D effects look terrible. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, that shark breaking the glass and the glass uh, just shattering, like, is it supposed to shatter towards you? Oh, it looked terrible, but it they was were great. terrible in the theater too. That's I went right. To see it in That's 3D. Right. Yeah, and I saw I it know, too. Yeah, it could have been a problem with my eyes, but it looked to me like the 3D just did not work. All yeah, uh, the last the last 3D movie I remember 
seeing, I think. I think it may have been one of Tim Burns, Alice in Wonderlands. And like, you know, that the, the it was all right. It was all right. But I mean the but the one I remember getting like the true 3D experience was I think it was Spy Kids 3D, and that was so disappointing. <laughs> it was so dis- <laughs> I was like I was like 10 or 12 years old at that time. I was like, I was like, I'm so excited to see this. Like, oh, it was so disappointing. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I was disappointed. I saw Jaws 3D in the theater also. And um, but the one I saw I went with friends to see this one called Treasure of the Four Crowns in the 80s that was in <gasps> 3D. And I walked out of that thing with a headache. The 3D was so bad. Oh, it was so over the top, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Talk about a movie where everything is shoved into the camera. That's that right. one. Because they didn't have much else going for them. The budget on that movie was really low. You talk about Jaws 3D? No. Treasure of the Four Crowns. Oh, Treasure of the Four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to check that one out again. I might I, I might want to revisit it. Just that. And um, what's the other one? It's not 3D, but uh, Megaforce. I've been dying to watch that one again. <laughs> the first 3D movie I saw in a theater was House of Wax. Oh, that's and... weird. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, it was at the in the early '80s there was a resurgence, which is when Four Crowns came out. Uh, House of Wax was theatrical again in 1982, and I got to see it then. Yep. and that was a brilliant 3D experience. I loved that. Oh yeah. Well, I I just said that's weird because my parents took me to see it also in the same time in Boston when it got re released, and so that was my first 3D experience too. I think. How about the ones they showed on TV? Did you guys watch those? Which ones? Well, you had to go to the uh, convenience store and get your 3D glasses, and then they would show a movie on Friday. I think it was Friday nights in our in our territory. They showed like Creature from the Black Lagoon, yep. Gorilla at Large, yep. Uh, yep. Dynasty, that Kung Fu 3D film. It's long before your time, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, Chris. The yeah. camera's not on, so I don't know how young you are. <laughs> well, I'm. I, I'll, I'll. I'll say that I'm 33. So <laughs> okay, not bad. So, so bo- born in the late 80s. <laughs> yeah, I remember riding my bicycle to the next town over because it was the only place that had a store 24 that was uh, giving out the uh, 3D glasses for those. I I still have them. In fact, I posted them on my retro TV guide page. The um, Creature from the Black Lagoon ones. Um, where they had like the Gill Man is on like printed on the glasses because they're you know the cardboard 3D glasses and um, I remember I, oh I watched that and yeah like you said Mon- uh, Gorilla at Large and wasn't one of them showed a, a Three Stooges 3D short I think I don't remember that I would have turned that off <laughs> Three Stooges <laughs> I love the Stooges <laughs> it was the one where Shemp like looks at this bat and the bat has Shemp's head and he's like oh my god it's hideous. <laughs> oh man alright that's another topic we're going to have to do for another day is 3D movies because yeah like you said there was a big resurgence in fact I think wasn't um, coming at you that was yep. a western yeah I remember that one I didn't go see it I don't think I saw that one either um, alright folks so today's topic is horror radio spots and uh, we're going to cover ones from probably from the 60s to the 80s um, so we're going to get right into it because we've got a lot of ones on our lists here and we're going to cover as many as we can within a short amount of time. So class is in session. I have a bad feeling about this. How could I possibly be expected to handle school on a day like this? Hey, you in my class? I am today. I think you should consider transferring to shock class. Whoa, whoa. Now, now, very few students are severely injured in shock class. 
Bueller. When you were in school. Bueller. Did you ever cut class? Bueller. Yeah, I guess I did. Sure, most kids cut classes. Good. Sign this. Um, he's sick. I get so lonely when I hear that third attendance bell ring and all my kids are not here. Seven years of college down the drain. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. You lack discipline. As long as I'm here, there will be no grades or gold stars or demerits. We're gonna have recess all the time. Woo! Go! Play and have fun now! All right, folks, the topic today is horror radio spots. And what that means is that pretty much from the beginning of radio till about the 1980s, films were advertised on the radio. Although, I correct me if I'm wrong, uh, you guys, the practice went on into the 2000s, wouldn't you say? Or is it still going on, do you know? Oh, no. Oh, no, it definitely did. I, I remember even as a kid in the 90s hearing radio spots, not even just for horror, but for just movies in general. Although, I feel like by the 80s, onward uh well, not even the 80s maybe the 70s tv spots were more the norm obviously uh those i remember very well which should be a topic for another time because i i love old tv spots oh yeah yeah those are so yeah good. crucial crucial to my development as a film fan <laughs> mm, likewise likewise and crucial to my running scared and hiding under my bed in my bedroom oh yeah <laughs> yep Yep. I always love how, you know, it's, you know, it's weird TV spot, not to get on a different subject, but I love how with TV spots, there is always one narrator. And then for the local, I guess, affiliations, there'll be a different voiceover, just like saying the name of the theater where it's playing and all that. Yeah. It was never, it was never in sync and you would hear the voice into the next commercial all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I never even thought about that, but it's I love so true. that too. I love that too. But yet the change of voice was even kind of unsettling, a little creepy when you say I just could I just accepted it at face value. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's just some voiceover, you know. Right, but right, right. <laughs> they used, they were never scary, the ones that told yeah. you where the theater was playing. No one was no one was playing that game when they recorded those voiceovers. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, you'd always hear the guy go, starts Friday at the Sack Pie Alley yeah. in Boston. Right, exactly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they could have put a little bit more into it, but they didn't. <laughs> They're, and they're trying to say as fast as they can because they're going to go on to the next commercial. They have to. They talk really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do a so, promo for for this show for then is now because every time we're watching TV, especially on Hulu, there's all these pharmaceutical ads, right. and and I want to do a promo where it's like you know. Um, don't listen to Then Is Now podcast if you're planning to be pregnant or become pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> you know, may cause gas with a oily discharge. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so may I cause gonna... you to watch horror movies all, over and over again. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so um, I just want to give a real brief history of um, radio ads here because I thought it was interesting that I found. Of course, I found it on Wikipedia, but I did look at the source, so it is legit. Um, the, the first radio ad was actually in 1916. It was a company called the DeForest Radio Telephone and Telegraph Company, and they started um, an experimental radio station called 2XG. So this was like at the infancy of radio. And uh, that was in New York City, the 2XG, which sounds kind of modern. It's really weird that they would name it that. Um, but the guy named uh, Lee DeForest made an arrangement with the Columbia Gramophone Record Company to broadcast phonograph records from their offices. The phonograph company supplied records in exchange for announcing the title and Columbia Gramophone Company with each playing. The, the debut program was aired on October 26, 1916, and it was announced that nightly transmissions of news interspersed with Columbia recordings would be sent from DeForest's Highbridge Laboratory beginning on November 1st. 
DeForest initially also took advantage of these broadcasts and basically he advertised his own company. So it would say something like the products of the DeForest radio company, mostly the radio parts with all the zeal of our catalog and price list until I guess Western electric engineers for some reason complained and they basically, he had to stop doing that. (laughs) Uh. But the the big thing about um, for movie radio spot ads, it was very difficult to actually find a history of movie radio ads, um, even the TV ads, it's, it might be a little easy, but I didn't really look too deeply into that. But basically, mm. the reason they did radio ads is because they were cheaper than doing TV commercials. And um, oh, wow. But they were actually more difficult to create because you don't have the visuals to go with it. So you had to be super creative to get butts sure. in the seats, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, folks, from there, pretty much anything you know, from 1969 could be advertised on the radio. Now, we just talked about how we remember. Do you guys remember any specific radio spots? Like, you, I think you said one already, Chris, right? You remembered hearing one? Uh, I mean, I remember several. I mean, certainly I remember, um, I guess, like, several. There are a few hard ones from, like, the 90s. But, like, specifically, I remember more, like, hearing advertisement for, like, the big comedy of, of the day. Like, I remember hearing an ad for... Uh, uh, the um uh for a uh, cable guy with uh jim carrey and you know uh jumanji you know so like things like that i remember primarily but uh but yeah i mean even those they were they were pretty creative for the things that they would do to get you into the theater right right bill the first one i remember is last house on the left and so i would have had to have been really young oh yeah that that was released in the states in 72 yeah. Uh, and it could have been in a reissue also. I could have been a little bit earlier because that movie was reissued a couple of times. So it, it, I just remember the the weird chanting at the end of it where they keep saying, keep to avoid feigning, keep repeating. It's only a movie, <laughs> only a movie. And like every time they say it, there's more and more people in it that are saying only a movie. So uh, that would really creep me out before I could even understand what that would imply being being prone to fainting at a film <laughs> but uh, the, the the other one was uh similar was for don't open the window which was the american retitling of let sleeping corpses lie which is and, uh, isn't that also a retitling of the living dead at manchester morgue yes yeah <laughs> There's so many titles for that film. We've only begun to scratch the surface. Yeah. But there was there was a radio spot in the States. It was called Don't Open the Window. The same company, Hallmark Releasing, released both films in the States. So they created a very similar radio spot. But this one just kept saying, don't open the window. And as a kid, I was I was six years old when that one came out. And I remember asking whatever adult I was with, why? <laughs> can't you open the window <laughs> they were like well, i don't know you know <laughs> the kid starts pestering you with stupid questions that was my stupid question it was like why can't you open the window because they don't tell you what the movie's about that's hilarious there's a lot of them that are like don't do this don't go in the basement don't go there and that, that's why eli roth made that um his fake ad for the grindhouse film you know tarantino and rodriguez's film was called don't <laughs> it's like don't and then something happens and don't and that's all it says <laughs> there's no instruction it's just don't <laughs> yeah that's it just don't <laughs> 
Oh man. So folks, there's, there's so many great ads. Like we just touched upon a couple of them that it's hard to pick a few of them, but if, if we played them all, we'd be here all night. So we're not going to do that. Um, um, I did want to mention too, that uh, we talked about, uh, or I mentioned, um, the history of it. They basically back in the day, disc jockeys who were on the radio would play music and ads from records. And so if you go on YouTube and you look up, you know, horror movie spots or horror radio movie, horror movie radio spots, you'll see sometimes people have like a picture because it's audio. There's no video. So the video is just a picture of the 45 record, which, by the way, I don't know if you do you have any bill because I don't have any of those. And I, I looked them up. They're pretty expensive online. I have a couple. Uh, I'm not sure what they are. To be honest, so the one I'm sure I have is uh, for the film Chosen Survivors Ooh. from 1974. Oh, that's uh, cool. The movie about the the people who are in a fallout shelter and they're attacked by vampire bats. That's right. Yep. It's sort of like a, an eco-horror film from 1974. But I do have that one. And I, I used to have, I sold it. I had a, it was a, you know, most of them came on 45s for films uh yeah. with with the radio spots so some of them were a full 12 inch record and i had an original really? 12 inch record yeah there were some that came on a 12 inch record and one of them i had was for the fly oh wow for the Your, for the for the vincent price version yes. of the fly? oh yes. very cool very cool. it was from the 50s and that had like four or five different radio spots with this weird guy doing like an inner sanctum post type voice saying this is your horror reporter from the tomb to dare you see the fly oh that's that's cool. simple that's i so sold awesome. it i i needed money at some point oh, yeah yeah oh, i think i got sucks. 50 bucks for it <laughs> well that's wow. not too bad no i mean if you go if you look at ebay for 45s of radio spots yeah they go for 40 to 75 dollars for um for one spot mm -hmm. yeah it's yeah. ridiculous yeah. And the, like the ones that are $20, I'm like, wow, oh, I just want to have one. And then I'm like, no, I don't want that one. <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. Yeah. No, because I also collect, um, I actually collect 35 millimeter trailers. I'm trying to get more into like spots because there are TV spots as well in 35 mil. And that's also an equally very expensive hobby. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And, and are you, uh, real quick, Chris, are you able to, tra I know you could transfer smaller, like eight millimeter and stuff. Are you able to transfer 35 millimeter? That is actually what I'm hoping to do. There's a guy online. He makes this machine called the Goosey Roller, and it's all made from 3D printed parts, and he actually transfers these 35-millimeter trailers. And the cool thing about them is that they're open mat trailers without the widescreen uh, mat on them, so you can actually sometimes see a boom mic or a light or, you know, uh, uh, I don't know. Like, uh, like today he had posted uh, one from Muppets Take Manhattan, and you see Jim Henson underneath Kermit. It's like it's really cool. Funny, it's like funny, it's like little like Easter eggs. Wow, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. All right. So what I'm going to do is, um, uh, folks, Bill and Chris and I have put together. Um, we each have a list of ones that we want to hear. Uh, there's a little bit of overlap, which isn't too bad. So, um, Bill, we're going to go with your first one here, which was the folks at Red Wolf Inn, also known as Terror at the Red Wolf Inn. And this is the radio spot from the film from 1972. The folks at Red Wolf Inn, they'd love to have you for dinner. Rated R for rare. <laughs> I love that. 
I love that. Short and sweet. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm trying to see if there's yeah. another one, but uh, Bill, you picked this one. Is Have you seen this film? Because I don't think I've ever seen it. I am obsessed with this film. <laughs> this is one of my favorite films of all time. Really? I'm, I'm surprised that you Very haven't cool. heard me talking about it because I never stop. In fact, my co-host on Drive and Asylum Double Feature, Sam Panico and I, record audio commentaries just for fun that we post to YouTube. And we just did the folks at Red Wolf Inn and, and, and I'm editing it, you know, practically as we speak. So it's going to be debuting very soon. That's awesome. That's, That's awesome. awesome. That's awesome. Is it a DVD or Blu-ray? No, it's, uh, it's stalled at VHS. And the only way you can get it is on one of those Mill Creek DVD compilations. Um, it's just the VHS rip though. It's all like gray uh, market. Um, so it wasn't remastered in any way. No, there's That's never been a remaster of it. I know it's bumming me out too, because it just looks like it's never going to happen. Right. Oh, it's too bad. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. <clears throat> so did you, did you, uh, do you remember hearing that one on TV at all? I no. mean, on the radio? <laughs> no. I don't remember anything about it. The, the first time I saw it, as you mentioned, it had many titles. And uh, you only mentioned two of them, Folks at Red Wolf Inn and Terror at Red Wolf Inn. It was also released as Terror House, which is the one that probably pe most people know it as because that's the title it used when it played on TV. Oh, maybe I did see it then. It also uh, was released theatrically as Secrets Beyond the Door. Oh. And it it was on home video as Club Dead. And uh, the other title was Terror on the Menu. Oh, wow. These are all the same titles for the same movie. That's a riot. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, you can tell that the film is about cannibalism. Right. <laughs> and it's really it, it was it was on the cutting edge of that type of cannibalism film. In fact, there are numerous similarities between that and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, even though they're two different kinds of films like Terror at Red Wolf Inn, folks at Red Wolf Inn. There's practically no gore in it at all. But there are several nauseating scenes and they all involve eating. It makes eating look like the most disgusting thing in the world, which is probably the one thing that this movie does the best. And it's about a young woman who goes, she's a college student and she gets this letter in the mail that says she won an all expenses paid vacation to a seaside resort. And of course this is 1972. Huh. So there's no such thing as the internet. And we really don't know anything yet about, you know, anything significant about how widespread a human trafficking scheme could be. But she falls victim to this. Like they, they send a private plane to pick her up at the airport and she has to leave that day. And huh. they fly her directly to this mansion and she's picked <laughs> up by this crazy kid named Baby John. He tells her his name is Baby John. And... He drives her back to this mansion and there are two other girls there and there's an old couple that runs it and they have these elaborate feasts every night for their guests. And then strangely in the middle of the night, one of the guests always goes home because <laughs> they wake up the next day and there's a guest missing. And they're like, Oh, she left. <laughs> She's gone. <laughs> and of course, 
they are butchering these girls and eating their the meat for dinner and it's really a, a disturbing thing the, the, our heroine regina she figures out too late of course she's trapped at the at the end and she knows what's going on she's figured it out but she and baby john have become attracted to one another and they're you know they have this like young love thing going on now and he doesn't want to kill her he wants to keep her huh so there's this like great conflict in it and within the family between the old people and, and the young kids that's hilarious it's great wow <laughs> And is this available? Oh, you just said it wasn't available. That's right. <laughs> well, you can watch it on YouTube. I mean, yeah. it's, it's all over the place. Oh, I'll have to check that out then. Um, all right. So let's move on to another one. So, um, Chris, I'm going to pick. I'm from... sorry I talked so much about that. No, that's exactly that's right. why I wanted you here. That's exactly... Oh, that's awesome. Well, I have to say real quick. Uh, so I haven't seen the movie either. But what I liked about that spot is we were just talking about earlier how radio spots didn't have the advantage of having the visuals. Well, just hearing that, I could visualize exactly what was happening. So, I mean, that really shows the, the, the I guess, the craft behind piecing these things together. So, made me curious to see it. I'll say that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah. they didn't have to say a whole heck of a lot to get you interested, you know? Right. Right. There is a longer version of it, too, that has a little bit more content. I think there's a 30-second, maybe even a 60-second. Yeah. There's but... a... um. Uh, hold on. Whoops. I can I can play that right now. It's uh, where did it go? Oh, hold on. Oh, there we go. Uh, it's thirty four seconds, at least on this playlist. All right. So here we go. I'm gonna play that one. The folks at Red Wolf Inn, just plain folks with a taste for life. Grandma, Grandpa, Baby John. And the three girls who came for dinner. If you're in the neighborhood, stop in and say hi. They'd love to have you for dinner. The folks at Red Wolf Inn. It's choice fair, rated R for rare. <laughs> I, I love that tagline at the end. <laughs> uh that is awesome. Read it off. But, but you know something? I want, I'd be curious to see the TV spots for these because I wonder if it's the same audio. I wonder for all of these if they use the audio from the TV spots and just put them on uh, on the radio. You know what I mean? No, they do. It's it's exactly the same except there are visual clips. There. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> and it's great that you could tell that, Chris, just by listening to it. Well, because the fact that they say grandma, grandpa, it's like, okay, that's the, so in video, that would be like a visual cut. So I'm like, okay, yeah, this makes more sense. <laughs> that would be from the, you know, from the TV ad. Right. In the longer version, he goes through that list of people, grandma, grandpa, baby John, <laughs> and the three girls. And he says their names and he, he, re he repeats it two or three times. And each time there's one less girl. That's funny. <laughs> He's like the two girls, <laughs> Regina. <laughs> well, because they get killed off, right? Every, every yeah. week. Movies out. Yeah. Yeah. The first one to go, yeah, they eat her like pretty early. The second one, oh, by the right, way, right. um, the the second girl, not the not the heroine Regina, but there there's another girl staying there. She's played by Margaret Avery, really, who was uh, Suge Avery in The Color Purple and won an Oscar. Oh wow! Oh wow! Oh, wow. oh that's cool. That's <laughs> awesome. 
<clears throat> All right, so what I'm going to pick from your list, Chris, which also actually coincidentally crosses over with mine, in, and that we'll, we'll lighten things up here a little bit with Ghostbusters, because I just thought these two spots were hilarious. Um, so they're both about the same length. I'm going to play the first one, well, the second one first here. Hello, folks. <laughs> this is Ghostbuster Dan Aykroyd. I have some invaluable advice for anyone suffering the embarrassment of unsightly home ghost infestations. Just listen to these satisfied customers. Oh, I thought I'd die. Right in the middle of my PTA lunch and the spinach key suddenly took off and hit Lydia Bender. <laughs> well, Ghostbusters solved the problem. My girlfriend was babysitting, so I, I went over to sort of watch TV and it blew up. We never even turned it on. Ghostbusters, like, wasted the dude. Hope they sent it to my phys ed teacher. Right in the middle of the playoffs, the cheese puffs start growling. Ghostbusters took care of it before halftime was even over, and they threw in a free safety check of the onion dip. Why bother with the mess of voodoo, black magic, or the guilt of religious exorcism? Hey, we deal with this kind of thing all the time. Come see us work in Ghostbusters, the supernatural comedy playing at movie theaters everywhere. Rated PG, parental guidance suggested. We're ready to believe you. I'll stop it there so I don't get hit with a copyright thing. But oh yeah, that, good idea. That, that, I never heard that one. That's incredible. That and was then, amazing. I'd never heard that either. I had that's incredible myself. And this this other one is really good too. It kind of shows off Dan Aykroyd's um, uh, his prowess with being able to rattle off all kinds of big words. So here we go. Mm -hmm. Ghostbuster Dan Aykroyd here with an important message for all. Got termites? Call an exterminator. Got ghosts? Call Ghostbusters. From teeny paranormal pixies to gargantuan apparitions, we'll get that ghost to take a hike. We use only the very latest in subatomic neutrono wands operated by highly trained professionals who are prompt, fast, and courteous. Safe even for small children and pets. We own and operate our own ectomobile on call 24 hours a day, including holidays. And if you call right now, we'll include in our basic home service a free poltergeist inspection of your car, truck, camper, or off-road vehicle. But wait. That's not all. We'll also include our leatherette-bound pamphlet of do-it-yourself exorcisms, as well as a lovely full-color Ghostbusters inspection certificate suitable for framing. But there's more. You'll also receive a souvenir sample of your spirit's ectoplasmic residue encased in genuine polypropylene. Come and watch us work in Ghostbusters, the supernatural comedy at movie theaters everywhere. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. If we don't get the ghost, you don't get the bill. Ghostbusters. They're here to save the world. <laughs> That's so oh cool. God, That's that awesome. Funny. Isn't that great? <laughs> He's just so good at that, just rattling things off really quickly. It really yeah. is. I just, every time he does that, I always think of his uh, performance in uh, Dragnet, when, when oh. he just keeps rattling on and on. He's great at that. He's so good at that. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, like, it's funny because Spencer and I constantly quote Ghostbusters, and it's like, you know, a free-floating, full-torso, vaporous apparition. It blew, book, it blew books off <laughs> shelves from 12 feet away and scared the socks off some poor librarian. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. I Someday I want to do a, a party and where we get a bunch of people together and we play, like, you know, a couple movies that we've all seen, like, a hundred times and just turn the volume mm -hmm. down and we all do the dialogue. <laughs> That's awesome. That'd be cool. <laughs> All right, so Bill, um, we'll jump back to your list. Do you want me to just take the next one down, or do you have one that you want to pull out specifically? No, just, I'll roll with it. Okay, so we'll do. Uh, all right, so we are going to do, folks, next uh, a movie called They Came From Within, also known as Shivers, which Bill and I actually covered on the Fright Lounge. Prepare yourself for the most frightening experience of your life. They came from within. A motion picture that takes you beyond your wildest nightmares. They came from within. What are they? 
Raging demons that must be exorcised. Bloodthirsty creatures that must be killed. Or incarnations of absolute evil. They possess men, women, and children, and drive them to acts of unbelievable horror. No one is safe from them. No power on earth can stop them. The only escape is death. They came from within. If this picture doesn't make you scream and squirm, you'd better see a psychiatrist. Quick. They came from within. Rated R. Under 17, not admitted without parent. <laughs> I've been seeing a psychiatrist ever since, by the way. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, there's two more 30-second spots on here. Should I play them, Bill, or are they just kind of redundant? Uh, I, I don't know. I haven't. I don't think I've all right. heard all of them. Well, let's try. Prepare yourself for the most frightening experience of your life. They came from within. A motion picture that takes you beyond your wildest nightmares. They came from within. If this picture doesn't make you scream and squirm, you'd better see a psychiatrist. Quick. They came from within. Rated R. Under 17, not admitted without parent. That's hilarious. If you think yeah, you're not afraid of the dark, if you think you have a strong stomach, if you feel nothing can shock you, if you say you don't scare easily, if you believe you've seen everything, then the picture for you is They Came From Within. They Came From Within. Rated R. Under 17, not admitted without parent. That third one was awesome. To get it, don't yeah. they know how long it takes to get an appointment with a psychiatrist? They're like, <laughs> see, see him quick. <laughs> Easier said than done. <laughs> that's funny those are some good ones those are awesome those would have scared the shit out of me as a kid yeah what what i thought was funny was in the first one though he he says it drives men women and children crazy and i think i remember thankfully there were no children in that movie <laughs> there were yeah. was there there was the girl but she wasn't really a child there were several children really the, yeah the, the the very first thing in the movie like the first subject of the experiment because it's about an experiment to create um a new organ in your body right and uh it goes of course horribly wrong the first test subject is a young girl i think she's 16 and then uh later on in the movie there's uh i think uh, at least two children one one definitely a little girl and she's only like about 11 or 12. oh right Okay, and I said we it's, we just covered this been, on <laughs> Freightlines, and I've forgotten it. Yeah, it's been so long since I've seen this movie, but I'm, I'm but I'm a big Cronenberg fan. I I always liked his work, but uh, yeah, yeah, that, that yeah, those are really cool spots. Yeah, yeah, and uh, just for folks at home, it's basically about this experiment, like like Bill said, and it turns people into sex fiends. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, Night of the Living Dead, but not. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and believe it or not, all you can do is just give into it. That's that's the if message you know, of, of the movie. Basically, basically, and if you know Cronenberg, you shouldn't be surprised by that plot. <laughs> it's uh... that's hilarious. 
All right, so Chris, let's um, jump over to your list again, and we're going to do Happy Birthday to Me, because you said you really liked that movie. I like that movie, yep. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to play the trailer, uh, the radio spot for Happy Birthday to Me from 1970. I'm sorry, from 1981. I looked over at the wrong thing. Poor Virginia. The senior class snobs at Crawford High have finally agreed to come to her party. Nothing but the best for my little girl. And now all the guests are being murdered. In the strangest way possible. Now, like a big piece or a little piece? At the rate they're going, there'll be nobody left to celebrate with. And now for you. Happy birthday to me. Starring Glenn Ford and Melissa Sue Anderson. Because of the bizarre nature of this birthday party, no one will be admitted during the last 10 minutes. Happy birthday to me. From Columbia Pictures. Happy birthday to me. Rated R. Under 17, not admitted without parent. Happy birthday. Pray you're not invited. <laughs> that's that's such a cool ad. I haven't heard that one. That was awesome. And then which yeah, one that's awesome. is that? That's number one. I'm going to play number two here. Poor Virginia. The senior class snobs at Crawford High have finally agreed to come to her party. Nothing but the best for my little girl. And now all the guests are being murdered. In the strangest way possible. This is not the kind of night for running around. At the rate they're going. There'll be nobody left to celebrate with. And now for you. Happy birthday to me. Starring Melissa Sue Anderson and Glenn Ford. Because of the bizarre nature of this birthday party, no one will be admitted during the last ten minutes. Happy birthday to me. From Columbia Pictures. Happy birthday to me. Rated R. Under 17, not admitted without parent. Happy birthday. Pray you're not invited. <laughs> That's so cool. That's so cool. I love that little uh not I love that little nod to Hitchcock that they have there where they're like, oh uh, uh you won't be admitted ten minutes into it or something like that. He's like he did that with Psycho, you know. Right. That's what made me think of well, what, yeah. the, what they actually said in the in the spot mystified me. I was going to ask you guys about this. What they're actually saying is that no one will be admitted during the last ten last minutes. ten minutes. Yes, mm-hmm. I caught so, that too. Um, yeah. That's kind of strange. I mean, in, in 1981, nobody went to movies like that anymore. Like you, you waited right. until it was over. Whereas in the past, you just bought a ticket and walked in, so you could walk in halfway through the film. But oh, uh, I didn't even catch that. Hmm. It's a really strange thing. It's it's just you know, obviously they want to make you nervous about it, right? Right, right. right. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing this movie. I, I was on a kick. I remember at the time as a teenager with like these like eighties um, uh, low budget horror movies, and I remember seeing this movie and Fade to Black back to back, and uh, and wow. which both yeah both are very good, but. What's the one thing about this movie that always gets anyone, though? Like, do, do you know what I'm going to say? That it's the chick from Little House on the Prairie? Well, no, besides that, the, oh. the poster. That poster for this movie is amazing. Oh, the shish kebab going the into the kebab. The shish kebab, yeah. And it's amazing because it never appears in the damn movie, but it's <laughs> so right. cool to see. <laughs> yeah. 
There was a lot of that going around in 1981. Yeah, there's no birthday cake, a shish kebab, and it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. I, I think I do remember hearing that one because I remember the bur- the whole birthday theme disturbed me as a kid. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. So we are going to stay in 1981 here and we're going to play the trailer or the radio, the horror radio spot for Nightmare. Prepare yourself for the most intensely shocking motion picture of our time. Nightmare, the motion picture everyone is talking about. Hello? Hello, Steve. From the man who terrified you in Dawn of the Dead and Friday the 13th, special effects director Tom Savini, now comes Nightmare. Kathy? Kathy? Terror will surround you. Survive the night. Nightmare. Scream, but no one can help you. Listen to me, George. It's only a dream, and dreams can't hurt you. Are you there, George? Daddy! George, don't hang up! Where do you go? There's no place to hide. Century distribution coming soon. <laughs> That's really cool. That's Devastating. Good, I just covered that movie recently on um, the Cult Movie Lounge, and it's really, really gory. <laughs> oh, is it? I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's very disturbing. Um, yeah, it, it it is seriously disturbing. Um, it's. It, I did a screening of Nightmare locally here in Pittsburgh uh, a few years back. I partnered with Exhumed Films' Harry Guero. Oh, wow. And we did a, a triple feature of Nightmare, Pieces, and Alice Sweet Alice. Oh, oh wow. wow. It was pretty fun. And unfortunately, we showed Pieces first, which we should never have done because Pieces is a real crowd pleaser that just brings the house down. It's it, despite being a disgusting film. I mean, it, it really earns its <laughs> reputation, if you know what I mean. Well, my um, wife even liked it. <laughs> yeah, it's actually oh, wow. a very up film at the end because you're just sort of like, whoa, what? <laughs> but uh, Nightmare was the second film that we showed, and that just sort of like bummed everybody out. And then Alice, Sweet Alice, devastated everybody. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, Nightmare oh. is, it, it, I do like it a lot. I think it's a very good film of its type. It, it's one of those movies that seems like you really are watching somebody else's bad dream. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's well done. It's it's an interesting premise too. It's like, what is it? It's this guy that's been experimented on like psychologically, and then he escapes. I'm trying to remember now. It's been a while actually. There are a lot of parallels to Halloween. Yeah. Oh yes. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, One... as if anybody would want to do something like that. Right. <laughs> One thing I wanted to point out too is that Tom Savini's name was mentioned in the trailer, and when we <laughs> yeah. talked about it. As far as we could tell, he was never actually part of the thing. Supposedly, he did show up someone as a photograph to prove it, but he didn't actually work on the film, I don't think. He sued to have them take his name off the advertising. Really? Oh, really? Yeah, I think um, Rubenstein of Romero and Rubenstein sued for them to stop mentioning Dawn of the Dead in the ad. Huh. It's from the from the people who brought you Dawn of the Dead and Friday the 13th. Uh, and oh. I don't know, like Tom Savini just says that all they all he did was consult. He was a consultant for their special effects. And he claims that he never even made anything for that film. So I don't know. I, I kind of would believe him. Right. I believe them. <laughs> but you're right. There is a picture of him on set. So, you know, mm. who knows? Yeah, that's what I theorize is that he was just a consultant and he didn't actually get any money for it. Mm. All right. Well, speaking of Friday the 13th, I wanted to play the trailer from uh, the radio ad from Friday the 13th Part 3, because this one, actually, I do remember hearing now that we talk about it. Friday the 13th Part 3 in Super 3D, an all-new three-dimensional process that puts you in the picture, whether you want to be there or not. Friday the 13th Part 3 in Super 3D, a new dimension in terror from Paramount Pictures, rated R, under 17, not admitted without parents. Come to Jason's Woods, where nobody is safe, not even the audience. <laughs> you know what I noticed in this one, um, like in several other ones that we played, the guy says, you know, no one under 17 admitted without parent or guardian. But on Nightmare, it just said no one under 17 admitted. <laughs> yeah, Nightmare was released uncut and it was so gory that it would have gotten an X rating. So it was one of those Dawn of the Dead style things where there was no rating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember begging my parents to take me to see this movie, and then we get to the theater, and of course, back then, theaters were much darker even before the film, and I was terrified. I was thinking, oh, this is a bad idea. Why did I talk them into taking me to see this? Oh, my God. I'm going to have a nightmare. I'm going to be terrified. And then I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) That story had a happy ending. It did. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's... um, Next on the list here, let's see what we got. Oops, I went too far down. Oops, I clicked on the wrong one. All right, so, um, all right, let's do this one you mentioned, uh, Chris, Jaws 3D. Okay. I'm going to pick that one. Oops. Here we go. Jaws, this is Jaws 3D, uh, the horror radio spot from 1983. This summer, take your life in your hands. I don't go in the water. <laughs> this summer, experience a new dimension in terror. Daddy, look at the fish! Holy This summer, the terror of Jaws will not stop at the edge of the screen. They die magnificently. The all-new 
Jaws 3D. Jaws 3D. Oh my god. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Wow. That's actually that's a very funny ad, and not even intentionally. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know if you guys could hear it, but in my headphones, uh, they were playing with the stereo big time. The voice yes. was jumping. Oh, back I and heard forth. it. Yeah, I heard it. Yep. And then there was that uh, big whoosh at the end. Did you also notice the uh, underwater bubble sounds? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't but laugh. <laughs> That's funny. That that's actually a movie I want to revisit too, even though it's not great, not good. Listen, it's better than Jaws or Revenge. We'll say that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the comedian that said you would think by the fourth movie she'd move to Kansas, where there's no that's oceans? Right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I forgot where that was. I do remember that joke though. <laughs> she was really pushing her luck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that right. Ring, Gary. The kid ended up getting a job where he, where his job was to be in the ocean. Right. And I love how uh, Michael Caine years later was like that. Someone asked him, "Why'd you do Jaws for?" He goes, "Well, I had to buy I had to buy that new garage somehow." That's right. Yeah. Paid for, pay for the garage. <laughs> oh, he said Plus that he many had kids times. Kids in school too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he said that many times. If if you see me in a terrible movie, it's probably because I needed to buy a new house or something. <laughs> and I guess that explains the hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw that in the movies as a kid, and that scared the shit out of me. Yeah, I mean that's that's a guilty pleasure for me. <laughs> and the island, remember the island where they, the the mm. pirates would I like love the island brainwash you by holding your eyelids open with toothpicks mm. and torture you <laughs> with the Portuguese man of war. Right, that's right. <laughs> All right, they were mean. That movie had some extremely graphic moments. There was even like an axe in the head, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that was like at the beginning, I think. Hmm. With it when they first take over the yacht, the yacht or whatever. Yeah, well, there was there that was their whole shtick, you know. There'd be like one of they'd get one of the little kids to act distressed in a boat, and then the the adults would sneak up and axe everybody. Oh, and remember the one time they took over the yacht with all the cocaine on it? Yeah, and that um that guy, that really effeminate looking guy with this sh- the shirt tied and <laughs> across his midriff, like <laughs> took them on kung fu style, right? That was a great moment. That's too funny. All right. So there's uh, like three or four of this particular radio ad, and I'm just going to play one of them um, from uh, John Carpenter's The Thing from 1982. And all right, we'll talk about it after I play it. So. Very superstitious. Anybody hit me? John Carpenter's The Thing. Screenplay by Bill Lancaster. The Thing. The ultimate in alien terror. Rated R, under 17, not admitted without parent. What'd you guys think of that one? Oh, I love that, that me, one. I love that one. I had me a little bit fooled, because I haven't heard that one, but with the, the beginning. Yeah. With the song. Yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, god, another ad. <laughs> and, oh yeah. And what's great is that song "Superstitions" in in the movie. One yeah. of the characters is playing. I think true. Childs is playing it on the radio or something. Yeah, I had forgotten about that, but yeah. 
Um, and what I liked about that is that harkens back to what we were talking about in terms of not simply like the one from Nightmare. It sounded like they just literally lifted the audio from from the uh, what do you call it? the video, the visual trailer. But mm-hmm. this they had to make that up. And like f- like if the other ads all start with a different song and it gets interrupted by the guy trying to communicate, which the, that person is never in the movie like Windows is the character, but that's not his voice. <laughs> Yeah. Right, right. Um, Creative license. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, hey. same with the ghost but well the same with the Ghostbusters one too. I mean that was made specifically for the radio spot, sounds like. Yes. Yes. I so. meant to mention that. Um and that I think those ones are awesome because they um you know, they they set themselves apart by being creative like that. Sure, yeah. So all right, so we're moving quickly here because we've running out of time. Um uh, Bill, you picked Empire of the Ants, and <laughs> I I love this movie. More prophetic than his prediction of space travel in Things to Come. More imaginative than his laser beams in War of the Worlds. More frightening than his warning of nuclear holocaust in The Time Machine. From H.G. Wells, history's most credible prophet, now comes his most incredible story. Empire of the Ants. A terrifying tale of civilization fighting for survival against armies of giant ants ten feet tall who control the human population by drugging them into submission. And man the master becomes man the slave. Joan Collins, Robert Lansing, H.G. Wells, Empire of the Ants from American International Pictures. Rated PG, parental guidance suggested. Empire of the Ants. They shall inherit the earth sooner than you think. <laughs> or John awesome. Collins. Oh, John Collins. He's so hot in this movie. The the thing is, for well, first of all, I wanted to mention that the um the uh the announcer there is William Woodson. And those of you who are listening may remember that he was the voice uh announcing the opening and closing of Battle of the Planets. G Force. Fearless young leaders, always five, acting as one. Do you guys remember that? Never. No. No. <laughs> well, his, his voice is very distinct. I defer to you. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the cast in this movie. I mean, Robert Pine's also in it, who is Sergeant Cotrera and Chips, and he's Chris Pine's father. Um, But I don't recall the ant's enslaving the humans is that actually in the movie and it's just been a while since i've seen it yeah that happens oh but it happens to joan collins she gets gassed they take them the ants have like taken over this um used to be i i think it was like a salt one of those domes where they have like a, a big reservoir of salt in there or something right and there was something they were keeping in there and the ants had a queen in there and she had a booth they would lead the people into a booth and she would gas them. That's right. And the gas like made them zombies to do whatever the ants wanted. It was all very strange. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> I don't think that was part of H.G. Wells's creative uh, vision, his psychic visions that they uh, attribute. I was just going to say he probably rolled over in his grave. <laughs> I've never read his Amp- Empire of the Ants I don't I don't think it's available now. I don't know. Like I I remember looking for it and I could not find it anywhere. Hmm. And I think the ants are just 
ordinary sized ants in the store, kind of like a phase four thing. Right. They might have they might have taken liberty and used some elements of Food of the Gods, which is another one of his stories that the, it's mm-hmm. been made into movies. So, all right, let's move on here to another Chris pick. Is this is uh, American Wolf in London? Which mm-hmm. take it from Wolfman Jack. When you go see an American Werewolf in London, you're going to see a new kind of monster movie. One that ignores all the rules. A whole new experience in fear. From the director of Animal House, a different kind of animal. It just might be too much for even you. An American Werewolf in London, rated R. Under 17, not admitted without parent. No, hold on. Even a man who is pure at heart and goes abroad by night can become a wolf in this day and age and plunge a city into fright. It's from the director of Animal House, but it's a whole different kind of animal. Take it from Wolfman Jack. You don't want to miss an American werewolf in London. Rated R, under 17, not admitted without parents. Now there's more on this. <laughs> it's really it, it's one it's one video, one YouTube video, but it's two and a half minutes long, and we're about a minute into it. Oh, okay. Do gotcha. you guys want me to play another one? Because those are really good. Those are yeah. really good. They're, they're, those are not all what I expected. <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> all right, here we go. Now a whole new wave of fear is being brought to the screen. From the director of Animal House comes a different kind of animal, an American werewolf in London. And you thought that the moonlight was only there for romance. Hey, take it from Wolfman Jack, you won't want to miss an American werewolf in London, rated R. Under 17, not admitted without parents. one more Wolfman Jack. hey great being with you on the radio and talk about great you do not want to miss that new movie an American werewolf in London it's from the director of Animal House but it's a whole different kind of animal the hairiest werewolf story ever this one will eat your heart out an American werewolf in London rated R under 17 not admitted without parents you saw me Those are awesome. <laughs> Those are awesome. I I like that one because it really did sound like he just broke into programming. Yeah, right. Well, that made right. me think maybe he was um he did play it on a show or something, you know. Hmm. Maybe so. Bueller, Bueller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that. No, yeah, no. I did. I did not expect uh, that type of style for that for that movie. No, I mean, granted, you know, Mark Werewolf does have a lot of comedy in it it's categorized as a comedy even uh but uh but yeah that's a that's a very john landis uh spot if that makes sense yeah uh, yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. i remember seeing that movie when it came out yeah Uh, i got somebody to take me to see it i was 10 years old yep in 1980 well i guess it was 81 so i would have been 11 yeah me too Um, (laughs) wow it, it, it was what an experience that was Yep. Because it was just seeing it with an audience and everybody was hyped up and screaming. It was oh, exciting. Yeah. I remember my parents, before we went to see it, bought me a Life magazine and they had a big spread on how they did the effects in the movie and stuff. And 
I still, when I saw the movie, I had covered my eyes through like most of the the transformation scene, and then <laughs> the a lot of the gore. I didn't actually see any of the gore until like years later. I was too terrified to watch it. <laughs> oh, Roger! <laughs> the gore in this movie was so tame. <laughs> hey, we were watching Monster Squad with the grandson the other day, and I was jumping in that movie. <laughs> Like, oh, oh come on! Yeah, <laughs> there were a couple of jump scares that uh, that got me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're going to move on to another bill pick. This one is Demonoid, also from '81. Seems <laughs> like we've been in '81 for a while here. It was a great year. Created by Satan to prey on the living, it feeds on your most secret desires and hidden fears. Dormant for centuries, its time has finally come. Again, Demonoid, Messenger of Death, starring Samantha Eger and Stuart Whitman. How can they kill what's already dead? Demonoid, rated R, under 17, not admitted without parent. That's such a good one. I like the, the, the distorted voice on that one. So which movie do you think is better, Roger? The Hand or Demonoid? <laughs> trying to remember because i know i saw a demonoid within the last couple of years uh i don't really have a visual on it so i'm just gonna have to say the hand <laughs> it, it, D- demonoid is another crawling hand movie oh okay oh okay yes yeah, I, I would see demonoid at least in the hand My demonoid's great they dig it up in a in this old satanic temple and it's uh it's a severed hand and it attaches itself to the victim and then it makes Interesting. you do horrible things and and then you cut the hand off and it once you realize this is a demonic hand the victims always end up cutting it off and then it will go off and find somebody else that's right yeah (laughs) you too could be a victim of the demonic hand (laughs) i love that movie kick him in the demonoids kick him in the demonoids (laughs) demonoid makes me happy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right uh i'm gonna have to revisit that one I, my brain is not working these days but here's another one i saw in the theater and it's one of bill's picks it's uh invasion of the body snatchers the remake starring donald mm. sutherland yes. mm. so how do you make onboarding and training not suck you train <laughs> no that's not a way to train and grow there your team. i like that though From deep space, the seed is planted. Terror grows. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Certificate X. Now showing London Pavilion. Classic Oxford Street. That was a British ad. Oh, no. Oh, yes. I remember seeing it in Liverpool. It was terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That's another nightmare-inducing film, especially that I didn't even realize until I was adult and my ex-wife, you know, when we were married, was having a baby and they were doing the ultrasound and it was going... I was like, oh, my God, that's the same sound from Invasion of the Body Snatchers. See? They didn't lie. Spencer's a pod person. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my god. All right, now we're going to move on to uh, City of the Living Dead, also known as The Gates of Hell. I remember renting this with my parents, The Gates of Hell. Because of the grisly subject matter presented in the motion picture, The Gates of Hell, no person under 17 years of age will be admitted to the theater unless they are accompanied by a parent or certified adult guardian. The Gates of Hell will be shown in its uncut version, and some people may find certain scenes shocking. Again, we repeat, no one under 17 years of age will be admitted to the gates of hell unless they are accompanied by a parent or certified adult guardian. <laughs> that was both interesting and underwhelming. <laughs> I think it's pure genius. They don't tell you anything about the movie. They go on the strength of the title alone. <laughs> on the title and on the, uh, and on the rating. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently they felt the less said about the movie, the better. <laughs> maybe <laughs> well you know of course this is a Fulci film right uh, aka City of the Living Dead and it was released in the United States by Motion Picture Marketing MPM and w what many people may not realize is the original title that they had for Fulci's film in the United States was going to be Twilight of the Dead hmm. which envision that yeah. if you will yeah it, Seems like it might follow a movie called Night of the Living Dead and Dawn right, of the Dead. Right. This was before day. So they had skipped ahead to Twilight of the Dead. And there was actually an ad that ran in the LA Times uh, with the title uh, Twilight of the Dead. And I think the tagline was very similar to when there's no more room. I should know this because I just looked at it not too long ago. But <laughs> anyway, of course, they got a cease and desist from Rubenstein and uh, they had to change the title of the movie uh, like three days before the movie started playing theaters and the prints were already out there like they had already sent them. So they had to go all over the place and like cut this new title into the picture they had to come up with uh, a brand new one sheet, a brand new theatrical one sheet. Wow. Uh, brand new radio spots, everything, the works. So, and they did that in uh, three and a half days. And this was in 1983, way before the internet. So they couldn't just email this stuff to, to the theaters. Like they had to actually physically create these items and get them in place in time for the movie to come out. That's insane. Oh, my God. Huh. Can you imagine? And then no Photoshop. You got to do it all by hand. <laughs> yeah. Ironically, I actually have a theatrical one sheet for The Gates of Hell. And there's no um, marker title for Gates of Hell. But on the reverse, in Black Magic Marker, somebody wrote, All the Right Moves, Tom Cruise. <laughs> so they must have just had to they didn't have a one sheet for that and they flipped over the gates of hell and wrote that in sharpie that's funny that's hilarious oh my god <laughs> all right so i know you um we're kind of up against the clock here for you guys there's four more spots do you want to um press on and do them or do we want to maybe pick it up again another day uh... i say go for it yeah, okay. Yeah, let's go for it. All right, cool. So we are going to go with the car. Mm -hmm. And there's several here, so I'm just going to randomly pick one of them. And this is from 1977. Run for your life when you hear this sound. It is the sound of the car. 
A car like no other car on earth. A car possessed. There's no escape from the car. From Universal rated PG, parental guidance suggested. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's really awesome. Chris, have uh, you seen the car? I have not seen the car. I've certainly heard of it. That's It's on my list. I've seen it. That's the one with James Brolin, right? Sure is. Yeah. James Brolin, uh, Kathleen Lloyd. Yep. Ronnie Cox. Oh, that's right. And um, also, there's a bigger star that I'm forgetting. He played the police chief. If only there was a way I could look up this information. (laughs) I can look it up real quick. John Marley, who was also in Death Dream, Bob Clark's Death Dream was in this and so was kyle richards that uh fabulous housewife kyle richards who was in halloween the year after this uh, the year prior she was in the car oh wow okay yeah oh that's funny yeah this is a fun movie it's um it's it's well done it's like it's surprisingly you know for a movie where basically the villain is this anonymous car that goes around killing people it's really good Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm Kind of has what? It's one of my favorites. Oh yeah, it's a great one, and it's one of those ones. It's it's um seems like it borrowed some elements from Steven Spielberg's Duel, Mm -hmm. where you don't ever really see the driver, and this vehicle is just scary as shit. (laughs) Yeah, except in this in this one there is no driver. That's right, no driver to see. That's right. It's literally just the car. Um, there is some debate, I think, in the film about whether there is or isn't a driver in the film. And I, I, I think I remember reading originally they were going to depict the driver inside the car itself. But in the end, they didn't. And it's supposed to be just a driverless car. That's right. Uh, it's it's a pretty heavy movie. I mean, it's silly, but it's also very scary because yeah. uh, it, 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 it very effectively portrays how a vehicle can easily kill a human being and here we are like we get in them every single day almost we're around them at any minute any of those vehicles could jump the curb and it happens yeah here's a vehicle that exists for only that purpose like it's it's out to just run as many people over as possible Grand Theft Auto 6. <laughs> and it's satanic, too. <laughs> Anton LaVey of, of the Church of Satan was an, was an official consultant on the car. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Wasn't he also a consultant on uh, uh, the, the Devil's Reign? Yeah. That's he right. was your go-to guy. If you wanted to lend some satanic cred yeah. to your movie, you got in touch with Anton LaVey. And Rosemary's Baby, too, I think. Mm-hmm. That's funny. I think he was angry that they didn't let him play Satan in Rosemary's Baby. Oh, interesting. He probably put a curse on the filmmakers. (laughs) I believe he did. (laughs) Wow. Oh, my God. All right. So moving right along, we are going to jump to Dracula versus Frankenstein from 71. Young girls for old ghouls. (laughs) 
And you take us in Dracula versus Frankenstein. Yesterday they were cold and dead. Today they're hot and bothered. No female is safe from the hideous plans as the prettiest captives are lured into the arms of artificially created men. There's no way out when dead beings must have live women. See Dracula versus Frankenstein rated PG. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That, that is hilarious. And that makes it sound better than the movie actually is. Right. <laughs> the movie couldn't really live up to that. that no, kind of not at all. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's another good one, though, where they didn't really play clips from the film. I guess, like you guys said, it probably would have right. been to its detriment. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh, I think man. it was... Uh, this movie was uh, parts of it were directed by Al Adamson and others by Sam Sherman of independent international pictures, who was also the distributor of this film. Right. It, it, it had, it did have several different titles, although like this, this was one of those movies where sometimes um, the more disreputable drive-in exhibitors, like there would just be a, a token title and if we do all the radio spots, we're going to hear another one of them. Where if you went to the theater to see this movie, um, I believe the AKA was "They're Coming to Get You" for uh, Dracula versus Frankenstein, and that could have been any number of things, including Dracula versus Frankenstein or the Edvige Fenwick Giallo, "All the Colors of the Dark." Oh right. Uh, so one of them, they just you know, I think they, I don't know why they cut the title they're coming to get you into Dracula's Dracula versus Frankenstein, but they did. It was also released as teenage Dracula. <laughs> Wrap your <laughs> brain around that. One. Sander Vorloff uh, is teenage Frankenstein of Dracula. <laughs> teenage Dracula. Yeah. Oh my God. That's hilarious. That I, I never saw this in the movies, um, but I do remember um, I was my, I think I was with my mother and we were at my father's work on like a Saturday and um, he had this tiny little black and white TV, like a tabletop TV and which I still have actually. And um, I remember watching that on creature double feature in uh, when it was on TV. And that I remember just even noticing in black and white that his hands were <laughs> a slightly different shade than <laughs> the rest of them. There was another movie released as Dracula versus Frankenstein, uh, not in the United States, in the UK, the movie that's also known as Assignment Terror played as Dracula versus Frankenstein. And it's another monster rally type film. Right. It has, you know, mm. like the mummy, Count Dracula, the Wolfman played by Paul Nashi. Yeah. And Frankenstein's monster. Uh, Michael also, Rennie's in that, right? Yeah. Yeah, he is. It's like a, it's almost like a James Bond type thing involving all all the aforementioned monsters. It's wild, you know, very wild. At at the Monsterama that we talked about at the top of the show, I they had a they had vendors there, and Ron Adams from Creepy Classics was there, and I had that DVD in my hand, and I should have grabbed it. I put it back because I was just kind of weighing, you know, weighing my budget and stuff. And now mm -hmm. I'm kicking myself. <laughs> I'm sure you can find it again, Roger. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I can go to the post office and mail away for it. Wait for six yeah. weeks. <laughs> six to eight weeks. Yeah. 
All right, so we're coming up on our last two. Now, this one is actually has two ads on it, and I don't want to scrub through it. Um, it's uh, the Amityville Horror and the Last House on the Left. And I think I did listen to it, and it's it actually works together because it's a double feature that's being advertised here. So ah. here we go. <laughs> two ordinary-looking houses, thousands of miles apart. If you pass by them, you wouldn't notice anything unusual. But once you step inside, your very life is in danger. Now, the Amityville Horror and the Last House on the Left are side by side, right next door, in a double feature shock show that will rivet you to your seat in unrelenting horror. First, you'll visit Kathy and George Lutz. They've just moved into their dream house, but it's about to become a nightmare. Then, take a journey with two teenage girls who hitchhike their way into hell. The Last House on the Left. Caution. To avoid fainting, keep repeating. It's only a movie. Only a movie. The Amityville Horror and The Last House on the Left, side by side, right next door. From Filmways, rated R. <laughs> That's really cool. I love the trailing music at the end. Yeah. Yeah, which I think Could is a little, it? it's a sting from, from Amityville, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, that's um wow, that's pretty cool. So they must have re-released that then, Bill. Right? Are you? Do you know anything about that? Yeah, it was an American International Pictures release, the Amityville Horror. Believe it or not, and so was by extension, Last House on the Left, because Hallmark releasing was a subsidiary of American International. They were Hallmark was a company based out of Boston, but. Uh, they were a sub-distributor of AIP. So it makes sense that those two movies were on the same bill together. Mm. That's cool. I always thought Last House came out in like 72. It did. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. It definitely was a reissue. I mean, this was 1979 when Amityville Horror came out. But, right. you know, pre-VHS, it wasn't so easy to see these movies again. So it was... Sure. You know, it was still lucrative for these distributors to just keep putting the movie out because people would go see it. That's awesome. Wow. I, I don't think, um, I, even though my parents took me to horror movies, I don't think they would have let me see Last House on the Left. <laughs> oh, no. That was the one that just everybody thought that was basically like going to see a snuff film. Yeah. You went to see Last House on the Left. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, that's, oh, that's the trailer is just so good. <laughs> <laughs> that's a movie you know i i wouldn't say it's a bad movie i like it i never want to see it again because it just upset me so bad oh yeah oh it's so disturbing it i although i still think um comparatively speaking in my brain um what's the one that we watched the last house on dead end street Yes. I, I find that still nothing has, well, with the exception of the human centipede, nothing has superseded the um, disturbingness factor yeah. for me from that movie. <laughs> that movie's way worse, and I never want to see that one again either. Which one? Human centipede? Oh, no. Um, Last House on Dead End. Oh, Street. yeah. Yeah. I think you ended up making me watch it twice because we talked about it. <laughs> and then so I watched it, Sorry. but then we didn't end up talking, you know, doing it on the show until like months later. So I had to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so uh give us the quick premise of last house on the left bill 
it was a scare movie that was made uh you know this was still the manson murders were still fresh in everybody's mind this was i think it was made in 71 if not it was it must have been very early 72 and it's about two young girls who are being bad girls for the night they go out to it they're supposed to be going to a rock concert but really what they want to do before they go to the concert is score some weed so they meet this spaced out dude named swan who says he knows where he can get them some weed and he takes them back to a motel where these escaped criminals are holed up he's one of them his father is one of them this sleazeball named krug played brilliantly by david hess one mm -hmm. of the best portrayals of a villain in a film that i can think of and yeah. that was david hess and um you know he, they fall into the clutches of these criminals and long story short you know they're they're kidnapped they're taken into the middle of the woods they're tortured and raped and murdered and on what they don't know what the villains don't know is that they actually are not very far from the homes of one of their victims and they end up stuck there so they end up taking refuge in the home of the father, one of the girls that they murdered, and the the mother and father figure it out, and they exact their own revenge on these criminals. Yeah. I remember the remake, uh, Tony Goldwyn played the father in that. Um, oh, the actual remake of Last House. Yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah, I thought you might have meant Chaos, that aborted remake um that uh sage stallone starred in <laughs> i've never heard of that <laughs> oh yeah there's 2005 david defalco uh who's a wrestler directed it and oh wow um it, it was just you know a really moronic re remake where they just sort of it, it was you know last house on the left they wanted to get a shock out of everybody nobody had made this kind of film really that went this far um chaos had a lot farther to go because we had seen so much already and it just seemed too much like the makers of chaos were like hey man let's make this movie where like this chick gets cut up real bad right on camera well, wouldn't that be fucking awesome man? <laughs> that's what it seemed like the makers of chaos were, were doing when they and it, it did contain a very brutal rape and murder um not necessarily in that order oh god on camera <laughs> so uh yeah i don't i don't really recommend it <laughs> <laughs> oh man well that's good to know um so last house on the left was released on august 30th in 1972 here in the states so um yeah i definitely uh, i know i saw asylum that year but i definitely did not see <laughs> last house on the left good oh. call by your parents yeah <laughs> <laughs> alright so now we're going to move on to our final trailer for this episode um, and that is uh, ironically titled the new house on the left and uh, <laughs> we'll get into that after the trailer but um, this is one bill that you and I have covered on Fright Lounge <laughs> the new house on the left it's the house of your dreams if your dreams are nightmares, there's a magnificent view of hell and a pool of blood heated by the violent energies of a still screaming dead. <coughs> the new house on the left. Neighbors don't drop in, they drop dead. 
Rated R. Under 17, not admitted without parent. <laughs> <laughs> they don't drop in, they drop dead. Um, Roger, did you notice what that music was? Uh, I did not. It's from our favorite movie starring Robin Strasser. Oh, really? From The Bride? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's the scene. Remember when uh, Iva Saracini picks up the chicken head in the bed? She wakes up and there's a severed chicken head in bed with her. That's the music that's playing. Oh, that's funny. Wow. Mm. I, I haven't seen that movie enough to catch um, things like that. That's really cool. So this movie's from 1985. It also goes by the title Night Train Murders. And I think what they, they obviously changed the title to capitalize on Last House on the Left, right? Did you say 85? Or At least that's what... Um, 75. It, hold on. IMDb. Yeah. Night Train to Terror. Oh, wait a N minute. You were looking at Night Train to Terror. This is Night Train Murders. Night Train Murders. Right. Okay. Murder. Uh, you know what? I'm going to have to look it up on the other title. Yeah. Oh, here we it's go. It's 1975. Yeah. Okay. That's all right. That makes more sense that it would be a... They would change the title to that. Yeah, it, it is a very similar film. It's basically a remake of Last House on the Left, except it takes place on a train. I would argue that this movie is probably a little more brutal than Last House on the Left. And it, this also had numerous multiple titles. This is the other movie I was talking about that had one of those placeholder titles that nobody really knew what it meant. Um, Hallmark releasing our friends. <laughs> that we've mentioned three times now on the program yeah uh they released this in uh 77 as last house part two. <laughs> oh, that's funny yeah even though it has really nothing to do with last house on the surface uh and was not intended to be a sequel well there it was it was last house part two but it also could have been mario bava's bay of blood when you went to see Last House Part Two in the theater, uh, it just depended on what print the theater had been shipped. Right. So some people saw this movie, some people saw Bay of Blood, aka Twitch of the Death Nerve, <laughs> which is really that that story alone is probably better than the movie itself. Yeah, yeah, and we'll get into that on on uh, Fright Lounge on Sunday. Um. Yeah, so uh, this was a fun one, though. We did this, I think it takes place at Christmas, right? Was that the thing? Yeah. So we can consider it a Christmas movie? Hallmark put it out as uh, Christmas Massacre. That's right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris, this is a good one. It is disturbing. It's um, the, the first half or more is a little unsettling, but I, I enjoyed this one. I remember liking it. Nice. I like this one because it has a female villain. Right. Yeah. The Krug character in this movie is, is, that was played by David Hess. Now it's a woman and she's this like beautiful, cool European type woman. And she takes control of these two stupid punks basically yeah. <laughs> that are like, let's go cut some people up on a train. <laughs> and like, she ends up manipulating them into, into committing even more and more brutal crimes. So she's interested. Sorry, there's a plane going over right now. Oh, I can't hear it. It's fine. Oh, uh, we can't even hear it. Yeah, I can't even hear it. <laughs> Good. Oh man. Well, this was so much fun, guys. And uh, you know, I'm glad we did this. And you know, hopefully people out there will I'll put the link 
of the playlist that we went off of in um, the show notes. So you guys can go look up uh, radio ads for movies, which are fun. And th- there's not just horror out there. There's all kinds of other um, films that were advertised on the radio, but we, of course, chose to focus on the horror films. Bill, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for asking me. It was a blast. And Chris, it was a pleasure to meet you. Yeah, likewise. Excellent, excellent. And um, we're, we're going to have to do something like this again soon. Maybe we'll do it with um, with the regular trailers. Yeah, that'd be cool. Cool. Good deal. Well, folks, thanks for joining us today for our discussion about horror movie radio spots. Check them out on YouTube, and as I said before, we'll post the links in the show notes as well. Don't forget to visit our website at havenpodcast.com and check out our Patreon and Public links for some cool merch. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a great review wherever you download your podcast from so that other people can find us. And if you want to chime in about today's episode or any other, uh, you can email us at thenisnow42 at gmail.com, or you can join our Facebook Then Is Now podcast group. Thanks for joining us today. Class dismissed. The Now Podcast is intended for entertainment, educational, and informational purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during this podcast are the property of their copyright holders. All original content is copyright Jupiter Media. For more shows like the one you just heard, check out the Dorkening Podcast Network at thedorkening.com.